Hello everyone, my name is John Irwin. I'm CEO of Compliance Navigation Specialist. I'm here with Jared Klein, Director of Client Services, who is uh, my right-hand guru of compliance. We had some exciting news come out of the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration yesterday about the expansion of the Crash Preventability Determination Program. I believe this is a positive step in the right direction and will benefit a lot of carriers with their safety management scores. The Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration said the proposed changes are expected to double the size of the current crash preventable determination program. There are currently 16 eligible types to be considered non-preventable. The proposal will modify some of the 16 existing types and add four new types to expand the current program. Jared, how about you walk us through the first 11 eligible modified proposals? So of the 16 current types, 11 of them will be further clarified. So I'm going to go down the list here and, uh, and read some of those off. The first type which is going to be uh, a CMV was struck because another motorist was driving in the wrong direction. Uh, that will be further clarified. Uh, number two, a CMV was struck because another motor carrier was making an illegal U-turn or a U-turn. Number three, CMV was struck because another motorist did not slow or stop in traffic. Number four, CMV was struck because another motorist failed to stop at a traffic control device meaning a stoplight sign of some sort. Number five, a CMV was struck because another individual was under the influence or related violations such as operating while intoxicated, according to the legal standard of jurisdiction where the crash occurred. Number six, a CMV was struck because another motorist experienced a medical issue, which contributed to the crash. Uh, number seven, CMV was struck because another motorist fell asleep. Number eight, a CMV was struck because another motorist was distracted, such as a cell phone or a GPS. Number nine, a CMV was struck by cargo equipment or other debris, such as falling rocks, falling trees. Uh, number 10, CMV was a cra was crash, was a result of an infrastructure failure, such as a bridge collapsing um, or the roadway having a, uh, a defect in it of some kind. Uh, number 11, the last one, was CMV was involved in a crash while a non with a non-motorist. Um, some of these were already under the current 16. These are just being further clarified to give more specific values to the submissions, uh, such as like before, if you were, uh, if the CMV struck a non-motorist, it would actually go into the rare or unusual category. Uh, now it's going to have its own category to drop under whenever it's submitted. Yeah, very cool. So out of these, you know, they're really broadening uh, these first 11. Um, anything that stands out to you on this modification? So a lot of these were still under the preventable factors. So there's not a lot of change to the ones that they're, uh, so, you know, the changing that they're doing isn't so much of a change as it is just uh, more um, individualized submissions. So mm -hmm. like, you know, if it's going to qualify, it's going to qualify under this specific right. category rather than a more broad category. Um, so there's not a whole lot of changes, but where the changes come in are going to be the newer, um, the four new ones. Yeah. So let's, let's, uh you know, talk about the new four, the four of them that are coming in, uh, if you kind of want to tell the viewers what they are. So these four, um, in our opinion, and in my opinion, are, are going to be excellent ways to further uh, give carriers uh, more freedom uh, in terms of, uh, in my opinion, it was just like an unfair um, item that the FMCSA was judging ca carriers on. Um, this greatly affects your crash indicator scores under your basics. Um, and you could you could actually get audited or have an unsatisfactory crash rate, even though the crashes were, you know, non-preventable, really. Um, so we're, as we go down the list, we'll kind of get into more detail about them. But the first new type is going to be that a CMV was struck on the side by a motor pass by a motorist operating in the same direction. 
currently, the crash type is limited to side strikes at the very rear of the vehicle, such as the five o'clock or seven o'clock position. So you would have to be struck in the very rear side uh, at the actually the rearmost tandem. So yeah. your, your rearmost axle, if you were struck in the corner, um, that would qualify under a side collision. Whereas now, if you're struck going the same direction and somebody you know, is changing lanes at an unsafe, uh, in an unsafe way, and they strike you, that will now qualify as long as the police report does describe that. I know, I know your team, you and your, your team uh, do a lot of these data queue challenges for um, our clients and whatnot. And I, I remember looking through some of our data that we have, and this was a popular one that people would submit in and say, hey, I'm not at fault, but didn't really fall into the, you know, current eligibility. Uh, where this will give a little bit more, um, you know, hopefully positive to get those removed. Yeah, unfortunately, it was just one of those things you'd have to explain to carriers that this was just kind of an unfair um, item that the FMCSA was was, was putting on them um, in terms of how they, you know, I think where the idea came from was, you know, commercial drivers are held at a higher standard than your regular passenger, you know, just your regular everyday motorist. Uh, they are supposed to foresee certain items and issues while you're out on the road. Um, for instance, if you're traveling down there and you're, uh, there's a, a lane merging, uh, three lanes become two, um, they expect you to kind of foresee what potential is going to happen right. there, right? You slow down, you let other, car other cars kind of get in there. Um, so th there, there is a certain extent there where I could see where they were going with that. But in my opinion, like if somebody, you know, changes lanes, two lanes over, you know, you're in the far right lane and somebody's traveling in the passing lane on the left side decides that they got to cut across to get off the exit yeah. and they sideswipe you. You would never really be able to prevent that, um, right. in, in my opinion. And I think that this is a really positive opening and, and give you more options. And I think that there's going to be a lot more crashes that qualify under this type. Yeah. I mean, we're both, you know, professional CDL holders and whatnot. And I mean, just what you were saying about those highway mergers, even though, and I know all of our listeners that are, are truckers and um, do bus, you know, transportation know this is just because you're big doesn't mean everybody looks out for you. And, um, you know, these side, side swipes, um, you know, will now be, if it's not your fault, determined not, not preventable, will now be removed off where if they didn't meet that criteria, they would have stayed on, which was a bummer. But. Exactly. I really like that one. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go, go yeah. on number two. Uh, well, jumping over to the, the second one was actually another, another very uh, important type. Uh, the second option is going to be a CMV was struck because another motorist was entering the roadway from a private roadway or parking lot. Um, before, if you were pulling out of a driveway, um, well, if, if you were driving, let's just say, in a residential area or even an industrial park, and there might have been a hidden driveway. Uh, maybe that was uh, in industrial parks. That happens all the time. Um, there's landscaping that's done, there's rocks, there's trees that you can't really see if somebody's kind of pulling out from that spot. Um, if they would pull out right in front of you and you had no way to stop, even if they actually struck you on the side, unfortunately, that did not fall under the current, um, the current uh, qualifying right. events. Now they're going to open that up. Um, again, the police report and dash cams, which we'll touch base on a little bit here uh, more. If you have a dash cam and you can see, okay, you know, I was right in front of that driveway when I, you know, when that car pulled out and actually struck me on the side, or, you know, I had no chance of slowing down. I'm going 25 or 15 miles an hour in a residential area, which is pretty slow. But yeah. fortunately, we all know that even if you're going 15 miles an hour, somebody can pull right in front of you. They didn't see you. You didn't see them. Unfortunately, uh, the onus should probably be on that car that pulled out mm -hmm. um, rather than the, you know, the already moving vehicle. 
but uh, there was a lot of crashes that I looked at that unfortunately got denied because of that. Right. Um, I think this is going to be a really positive uh, move as well. Again, uh, with dash cams further providing more proof that um, you would not have an opportunity, right? Now, yeah. again, you know, you can't be speeding. If you're going 35 and a 25 and you're going through a residential area and you shouldn't be going that fast and that person pulls out. Unfortunately, that's probably not going to be one of the ways that we can get that, you know, removed for you because again, you were speeding. Right. Um, and, and the police report is really where all the data is found. So once that police report comes out, pretty much all the facts kind of get laid out there, but uh, having supporting, you know, camera footage and all that stuff is always going to be a benefit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, number three, uh, the CMV was struck because another motorist lost control of their vehicle. Uh, so the FMCSA reviewed many police crash reports that in, included this information, but were ineligible for the program under the current crash types. So, you know, if a, uh, you know, you're traveling, again, you're traveling just on a, a two lane road, uh, somebody else that's kind of coming up next to you um, may, may or may not be speeding. Um, they lose control of their vehicle and Hydro crashing you, a hydroplane, like or even, uh, you know, I've seen issues where the, you know, they hit the median and their car flipped around and now they're in front of you and, yeah. and you hit, that happens. Um, you, when you lose control over your car, you, you don't know where it's going. So you had no control over that as a commercial motor vehicle driver. Um, and, and you shouldn't be held, you know, the company shouldn't be held accountable for that, uh, for something that they could not have foreseen. If that yeah. car loses, you know, loses where they're going and, uh, and slides out or, 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 or honestly, you know, the instances of them get, becoming trapped under your trailer. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, those don't turn out very well. Um, but that does happen where, you know, we've all seen the, uh, the Christmas vacation you know, <laughs> scene where, you know, Chevy Chase, you know, slides under the, uh, under the truck. Um, that Great. happens in real life. Great scene. Yeah. It happens in real life, but that's a real thing that happens. And, and, you know, if that were to fall into a crash category, that, that would be one of those. Um, moving down into the fourth one, then it would be any other type of crash involving a CMV where a video demonstrates the sequence of events of the crash. FMCSA said that it believes that the, the submission of videos would, would, could allow it to review crashes that are not under the 21 types. This is just a more broad, okay, if it doesn't fall under the other types, but we still feel that it's non-preventable. I have video evidence that, yeah, I couldn't have prevented this. This was just out of my control. Again, if you have video proof showing the sequence, um, maybe you have video proof that actually disputes what the police report says as well. Now, typically, you're going to have to dispute that police report with that individual police um, station. However, if you're going to submit that, that may be different. You could state that, and we would have a fighting chance to get that removed as well. Yeah. So this is going to just open it up for those weird ones where it's like, maybe it didn't fall under the, the other 21 or other 20 categories, but this one would allow it to be there. So there, you know, we're going to go from... 16 um, to 21, um, some of them are going to be the same. And then we have four new ones that would be, give a lot uh, more options, I think, to get to help carriers get these removed. Mm -hmm. Good. Um, anything that, I mean, stands out to you? Um, I know, it, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit about the, um, the cameras a little bit. Um, you know, we at Compliance Navigation Specialists, we always try to tell um, our carriers and the drivers that it benefits you. You know, I understand that privacy comes in into that. So I'm not saying that it has to be a rear face, rear facing camera, but, um, or facing towards the, the driver, but at least a forward facing camera will really save not only in this crash, you know, insurance cost and litigation. I mean, every, you know, 
everybody's trying to sue the trucker uh, for everything. Anything you want to add on to that? We, we know that the billboard lawyers um, are auto automatically going to blame the trucking company. So, you know, let's just say that you don't have a dash cam. Uh, you're going to get put to blame anyway because you're the big rig on the road. Uh, you're the CDL driver, so you get thrown into a lawsuit. They're going to make it sound like you should have known better anyway. Yep. Right. So, knowing that I'm already going to be on the de defensive in any sort of a lawsuit, or you know, I, I want to be on the offensive and proactive about getting this done and making sure that okay, if I have dash cams, even if they're not, you're both you know driver facing and forward facing, or you know, I think the more cameras, the better. You know, I think that that's definitely a thing, but we can see why drivers don't want to have their cameras, you know, on them all the time. But at the same point, they are there to protect you as a driver, uh, in my opinion. Um, unfortunately, in this day and age, we live in a, you know, a YouTube society that everything else is on camera. So if you don't have it on camera, chances are somebody else might. Other cars on the road do have their cameras. Some, you know, if it's in a residential area or a city, a metro area, a lot of people are just randomly filming stuff. You know, they might see that you know that there is an issue and now they're filming you on their phone you want to have something to, to go back on right so we always know that cameras are there to protect um to protect against lawsuits protect against you know um, regulatory items uh, and protect yourself just against being unfairly accused of things um so they will help uh, in terms of um, data cues just you know, general rule of thumb for crashes right Always get your police reports as soon as possible. Um, typically, they're about seven to 14 days out. Most police stations will have them ready. Um, most of the time after you get into a crash, uh, you'll be given a police exchange report or the driver will. Um, once that happens, that's gonna be who has your police report. So make sure that the documentation gets there, you know, gets to whoever it needs to at your business. Um, you order that police report as soon as it's available. And then that's kind of when you can kind of submit to the data queue because uh, how the current crashes work is, all crash, all reportable crashes that uh, involve an injury, a tow away, or a fatality are automatically listed as reportable, and uh, and they will automatically go on your preventable crashes. So they're going to be counting against you unless you do your due diligence and submit them in, you know, accordingly using these you know standards. So um, there's always a call to action kind of as soon as these crashes happen, and you kind of want to follow that bullet list. Um, you know, if you're confused about that, you can always give us a call. Um, you know, we can help you out with kind of a, hey, what to do after a crash occurs, where to get the police report. We can help in some instances obtain it for you um, and then submit the crashes for you. Yeah, absolutely. Just to show that the program um, has been doing something, and, you know, from May 1st, 2020 to December 30th of 2022, nearly 40,000 uh, data queue requests for crash reviews were submitted in. Approximately 72.5 of those that were submitted in were eligible. Um, approximately 96% of the eligible crashes were found not, not to be preventable. Uh, I know you had an interesting statistic on the 5%. Uh, so the preventable ones that, okay, you said 95% of the preventable crashes were removed, right? You'd just be like, why wouldn't 100%? Well, some of those instances they found during their investigation into that crash, they found that like the driver, for instance, may or may have been prohibited by the clearinghouse, uh, may have not had a valid license or the license was suspended. Anytime that that happens, it's automatically going to, regardless of all these factors, it, you're not going to get it removed, right? Because that driver shouldn't have been on the road in the first place. So, you know, if you have a medical card that's expired or any of those items where they do an investigation, you find out, oh, driver didn't have a med card, license was suspended, clearinghouse uh, had them prohibited. One of those items would be the reason why that would not be. Um, so those are rare. Again, yeah. if you look at the statistics, 95% of the ones that fall into the categories are going to get it. Um, 
time frame again you know fmcsa is, is overloaded with, with submissions right so it's not always the quickest process in terms of hey i submit it today and tomorrow it's 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 done um i actually just had one today and it was i submitted one yesterday and oh, it, nice. got, it got upgraded or it got changed uh today um but more often than not you're not going to have that happen um each state has their own you know, data queue division and, and, and does it their own way. So um, some states get inundated with more than the others. So, uh, you know, don't wait for it. Don't wait for your insurance company to call you about it and, and mention your SMS scores and say, hey, you know, your crash indicators into alert. And then you'd say, oh, well, a bunch of these crashes shouldn't have been under my score anyway. Absolutely, yeah. Um, we hear that a lot is, is companies that are, um, I think, reacting to it, right? Check your scores on a monthly basis. Make sure that the crash, make sure that all the roadside inspections that should be there are there. They didn't, it wasn't a typo from somebody else's DOT number or an old owner operator that was leased onto you that you guys terminated. And now it's still there because they kept your DOT number on the side of their truck or, or, you know, there's a million different reasons why that happens. Yeah. Um, even run into the same topic of, uh, you know, if they're, if the officer made a typo, right. You know, I made a mistake and, uh, you know, typed the wrong, uh, a zero should have been an O on the license. That happens, and we've had you know totally different drivers that fell under companies that don't even you know right you know, don't operate for them. So you know, check your scores. I think is the is the is the best way to do that, and um, you know, be proactive about doing that stuff. Absolutely. I mean, again, it's a good statistics that they put out there of how many uh, you know were changed. Um, so if you have a crash that meets those eligibility requirements, um, make sure that you are using the system to uh, benefit you. If you don't know how or don't know what to submit because there are supporting documents that you need to submit uh feel free to give us a call or uh, shoot us an email uh we would be happy to help we do you know tons of these on a daily basis probably every day i know you and your team do that um again just to wrap up the federal motor carrier safety administration will accept comments on the proposed changes for 60 days uh beginning thursday april 13th comments can be made at www.regulation.gov uh, by searching docket number FMCSA 2022-0233. Uh, again, any questions that you ever have uh, for your compliance needs, feel free to give us a call. And thanks for listening.